and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. But I'm excited to preach. I think that this will be the last week. We've been in a series for a while called A House Built for Him. And we've been talking about different components of what it looks like for us as the people to have a house built for God. And we've made this statement. There are many houses that are built for many reasons. But I'm asking myself, we're asking ourselves as a leadership, what would it look like if we had a house built for Him? Where like Jesus was the main attraction. Everything was in Him, through Him, and unto Him. And this is hard because in, in our world, there's a lot of things that are grabbing for our attention. You feel this? There's a lot of things that are pulling at you. I want you to know this. The reason that companies pay millions of dollars for a 20-second commercial is because they want to pull at you. And in the midst of all the distractions, we're trying to simplify our lives. And we're trying to ask ourselves, what does it look like to live a life fully given to Jesus? I'm not talking about just coming to church. I'm thankful you're here. I'm thankful you're here. And I pray that you continue to move as the Bible says that we are as a people to move from glory to glory. That means that, 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 like, let's unchristianize that. That means your life should be getting better and better. Your relationship with him should be getting closer and closer, and it should be measurable. If we find ourselves in the same place today that we were a year ago, we should have something inside of us that says something's wrong. I'm not talking about condemnation. I'm not trying to tell you you're not doing a good enough job. I'm trying to tell you that as you walk with Jesus, did you hear that? Not as you come to listen to Gio speak, As you walk with Jesus and he begins to rearrange your life, which he will, hello, he will begin to rearrange things on the inside, you will begin to become freer and freer to become who God originally created you to be. Maybe some of the reason we're frustrated, maybe some of the reason we feel disconnected is because we're trying, my wife was singing it today, we're trying to go our way and he's trying to redirect us to his way. And in our stubbornness and in our, in, our, in our trying to hold on because we lack trust, we lose ourselves. And so we become what a pastor tells us we should become, or we become what culture tells us we should become, and we begin to fight for things that he's not fighting for. We begin to say things in the name of him that he's not saying. It's so dangerous. And so he's bringing us back to center, and he's trying to show us what it looks like to live in union with him, to live our lives connected. That's what he wants for you. He, what does he want from you? He wants you. He died for you. Like we want you to serve. We want, we're like, but all of it is unto him. Why do people stand at the door and greet? Because we want people to know from the moment they walk in, Jesus welcomes you here. Every single part of what we're doing is unto him. Why do people show up at 9.30 to pray and get on the floor and cry? So that when you walk in, we have already created an atmosphere where he is welcomed. And this is what we see God building. I firmly believe he wants to build his church a different way. I believe that it's no longer. That's why I've been adamant about having two people leaving up on the stage. Because I believe the days of being about one person who speaks well and knows how to rhyme is done. I believe he's raising up a body. And so some of you are here like you've been doing this for a long time. You've been walking with the Lord 30, 40, 50. I want to say we need you. What is passage you've been? I've been praying for fathers and for mothers who can walk alongside and help us build what he wants to do in this community. It's not about abide. Why? It's not about us trying to build a church. 
It's about having faith that he wants to take a community and that every person in our community would know Jesus is good. In every situation, I, I, listen, I, we go through hard times and there are difficulties, all of it. But at the end of the day, it all has to settle back with, he is my foundation. That's right. He is my bedrock. So I was, I was asking the Lord even yesterday, God, what do you want to say? What, do you want, what, what, are you, what are you doing? How can I? Have you ever heard people, they ask us, do you see what I'm saying? Have you ever heard that before? Do you see what I'm saying? I started to ask myself, man, if, if we as a church were to ask ourselves, where is God? I want to paint a picture for you because I believe this is what he's doing. I believe he's raising up a people. We talked about this the first week, who walk in true kingdom identity, who they understand who they are, who, who I was reading this the other day, 1 Samuel 3. It talks about Samuel being raised up in a time where the voice of the Lord was, was not evident. It was a time where there was very little vision. You mean like God was, it seemed like God's voice was scarce. It wasn't there. But in the midst of this time, he would raise up this prophet named Samuel. And in the middle of the night, he began to call to him. I, I hear this. I hope you can catch this. As a church, God is calling us. It's like in the midst of the noise. Are you alive? In the midst of the noise, in the midst of the chaos, it's like he's whispering. And those who have the ability to drown out the social media, drown out the news, drown out the cares of the world, those will be the ones that will hear his whisper. I believe that. I believe the Lord is in a season where it's not about a shout, it's about a whisper. Because he wants us to know he's close. This is the danger, the lull of what's going on. The Bible is clear that when he comes back, it will be like the days of Noah. Yeah. People will be going out about their lives and they'll think to themselves, I have a lot of time left. And in that moment, and so I feel this, man. It's like we were singing, wake up, wake up, because it's a lull. It's not about sin or non-sin. It's are you ready? Can you hear his voice when he's whispering? And so I, I was encouraged by this because, because God was speaking to him in 1 Samuel 3, but he didn't even know what it was. He would hear this voice calling Samuel, and he would go to his, to his mentor, Eli, and Eli, what are you talking? Go back to bed. And we read over this, but I love this because it shows me that I don't have to know how everything works for it to work. I love this because it removes the, the excuse, well, maybe if I go to seminary, Maybe if I study or read the right, no, he's whisper. He's just looking for someone who would say, this, is, this was his response after three times, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Man, I wonder what God could do with a people like that. I'm asking myself that, what, what would happen, you need to ask yourself this question, what would happen in your life if you learned to drown out the noise and to hear him? Maybe you're like, I don't never even heard God audibly. That's fine. What about when you read that scripture? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> this poor Mike. The poor Mike's been abused. But, but what would happen if like we begin to read our Bibles and certain scriptures would begin to grip us? Like it wasn't about just, oh, I got my check mark on my Bible app. But it was like, wow, wow, Lord. You were speaking to him and he didn't get it, but you kept speaking. You were persistent. It wasn't like, well, I spoke once, Samuel, you didn't get it. Let me move on to the next. No, no, no. He wanted, there was something about him. And I was just, I was gripped by this this week that, that, that 
God would be persistent, but also as he responded, 1 Samuel 3, I want you to see this. I think it's in the back. Is it in the back, 1 Samuel 3? I don't know. 1 Samuel 3, it says this, that as he spoke and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and he let none of his words fall to the ground. Did you hear that? As Samuel grew and he matured on the inside, the Lord was close. And as he was close, when Samuel would speak, God would amen his words. This is what is needed for us today. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I'm going to commit my life. I'm going to commit my life to growing in relationship so that I know that when I speak, it carries weight. This is why we lack power. We're moving into a season where it's not just going to be what we speak. We're going to begin to see it. We're going to be where it's happening already. You're seeing the testimonies of it happening, of God quickly amening obedience. But it's going to, it's going to be, it has to be the bedrock of this has to be relationship. Do you understand this? The bedrock of us walking in this blessing has to be obedience, lest we not get into this relationship where we think we get from him, but not serve him. He's not our ATM. It's not the way things work. Out of relationship, you can be entrusted. You can steward what he's giving you. So I heard, I felt like the Lord said, I want to release the spirit of Samuel. We're a humble people. Those who would give their lives. You know, this was the person who anointed David. This was the man. We talk about David all the time. But I just believe he's marking a people that would be committed to hearing his voice. To stewarding his word. To being humble. Speak, Lord, your servant. Everybody wants to be so high. Everybody wants to be seen. But I believe there's something about poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There's something about going low where we can cease. I heard the the Lord said this to me. We must cease from our own strengths. See how nobody amens that three people? Because we, we are, we have been indoctrinated to learn more, do more, be better. And in the midst of us being strong, he can't. So I'm asking us, listen, I'm asking, I'm trying to paint a picture for you to say, I'm going to cease from my own striving because it doesn't have to be hard. And I'm going to allow the Lord to be made strong through me. If he's not doing it, I don't want to do it. Like, what will people think? Who cares? Who cares? Your number one obligation is what is he saying? What is he doing? The opinions of people will kill you. It's a terrible diet. If you live by it, you have to be sustained by it. You will be a slave. I'm man, I'm, I'm giving you. I'm trying to free you. I'm trying to free you. He's releasing the spirit of Samuel. That means that he's releasing a like-minded heart. I believe he's searching the earth. I want to read the scripture. This is one of those ones that gripped me. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord, they search the whole earth. I believe his eyes are on lithia right now. I don't have to fake passion. I believe it. I believe his eyes are on our community and he's searching. What is he searching for? He's searching for people to strengthen. That's why I said, if you think you're strong, you're actually weak. Come on. The only strength you have is what he's doing through you. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he's looking for people to strengthen, but it's only those whose hearts are fully committed. Do you see this? His eyes are searching for a people right now. He's searching for a people whose hearts would be fully given to him. Who they would not be divided. The Bible is clear. A man with, div- with a divided heart is unstable. Double-minded man. What does it say about him? He's unstable in all of his ways. All of his ways. I don't know why this means all of his ways. But, <laughs> but it does right now. <laughs> He's unstable. What brings stability? This is the question, right? What brings stability? A heart that's fully committed. You hear me? It's not hard. All, all that, like, God, what's getting in the way? Okay, that, here's it. I don't even have to get rid of it. Once he identifies, I say, okay, Jesus, I need you to help me get rid of that. <laughs> See how that's utterly different? Some of us have been on this hamster, like, I just can't, I just can't. Yeah, no, 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 you really can't. I want to affirm you in that you really can't. But he can that's why what Pastor Tyler said last week was so good. I don't know if you caught it. He's, he's, he talked about, this is as a pastor, a season in his life where he didn't know how to love the Lord. Remember he said, I wanted to love Jesus better. He's like, so what did I do? I just asked him, Jesus, show me how to love you better. Because the Bible is clear that if we ask, we will receive. Yeah. Sometimes we lack the ability to receive because we're not asking. So he's searching for a heart who's fully committed to him. People who understand how to enter into relationship with him. That's why we talked about prayer, you remember? Intercession is not something you're called to, it is our bridal identity. We're gonna get this, man, we're gonna understand because God said we're a house of prayer. That's what he said, right? So if we're a house of prayer, the people in the house have to know how to pray. On, listen, I'm just sharing with you, I, just wanna, I wanna paint a picture. On Friday night, the Lord said to me to believe him for 20 prayer rooms. The one person amen. We're going to have faith for this. Yeah. What God is doing here on Wednesday nights, we're going to see it in multiple communities. Yeah. Yeah. We, will, we'll, we may not be in charge of all of them, but we will help pioneer rooms of prayer where he is exalted high. Yeah. Not, not just rooms where we, do, no, I'm talking about where we behold him and we see him and we ask him, what are you saying? And as he's saying it, we release, it's going to happen. Look in my eye, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. He's going to raise up Levitical communities that minister to him. People who understand, oh, no, no, we've been ministering to people for a long time and it hasn't worked. Come on. But I'm believing he's drawing people. Ezekiel, at the end of Ezekiel, it talked about, oh, it talked about a people, a Levitical people who ministered to the Lord. They had built a tabernacle and at the end it said, the city will be called, oh, I gotta read it. (laughs) Oh, because it's so good. The city will be named Yahweh Shema. This was what they called the city. The Lord is there. Uh-huh. Do you hear that? You know, like when you drive past, you don't have to like, you know, if you see a Starbucks, like a little girl from Starbucks, you know a Starbucks. Mermaid. You see a night, yeah, it's a mermaid, something like that. You see like a check, what do you, what do you, it's Nike. You see like, what am I saying? When you see something, there's an association with it. Yeah. There doesn't need to be a word. There's an association. I, I, I sat in my prayer room this week at my house and I thought, I wonder what people are going to think when they see the Abide logo. Stop. I didn't even have coffee today. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> this is me uncaffeinated. 
what, what, are, people, what are people thinking when they see? Because I have some real legitimate fears, right? My, I really do. I, people are like, oh, no fear. I believe there are legitimate fears. I, I fear that people, that people would look at the body and say, man, they have great worship. Because it's not what we're building this. Or man, man, that, like, the guy sweats a lot, but he does, he, he could preach a little bit. He's okay. He screams a lot, but he's passionate. It's not what we're building this. What, what, what I'm believing God for is that when they would drive, you know, people have come to this church. Some of you are here. We ask you, how did you get here? You, people would say, God drew me here. Like, they don't even know how to put language. I just felt like I just, I just had to. We drove on the property. There was a person knelt down at the front of our building like this. Anthony tried to ask. I said, Anthony, what did you do? He's like, I don't know. I just knelt down next to him. <laughs> For an hour, they were both knelt down. They're like, what, what's the significance? I don't know what's the significance. But I, I, I'm encouraged that people are being drawn and it's not by advertisement. I believe that's what it looks like for us to cease from our own strengths. To fully rely on him and God say, if you're not building it, I don't want to be a part of it. He's calling us to be fully devoted, but that full devotion for him has to also look like fully being devoted to the world. So God gave us a great commandment. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And I believe we've really, we've really hammered at that, right? We've really tried our best to, to talk about what it looks like to love Jesus and make Jesus the center. But that loving Jesus with all of our heart and him being the center has to lead us to loving people. Right. Are you alive? It has to lead us to, have, to carrying this mandate, to carrying this like, I believe there was something utterly different about Jesus. There had to be for people to literally leave their professions and their careers and drop nets and just, uh, there was something utterly different about this Jewish man. And I believe that is who he is reintroducing us to today. I don't believe it's going to be abnormal for people to leave jobs, sell everything to pursue him again. I know it's hard, but listen, if you're hearing this and it's becoming a weight on you, it's not because I'm preaching a weight. There's something that we're trying to bridge here, and it's called trust. You hear me? There's no difference between, we hear stories all the time. We talk about how we went to Africa, Tyler and Tiffany selling, people selling their house, doing things. There's no difference between us and you. It was just as scary for us. Come on, I've told you. Do you remember? I don't know if I've shared this story here. I was in a prayer circle one time, and I was at a small group, and I was just attending. This was in Mexico. And we were a bunch of new believers. It was amazing. 20 people there. The guy was a Sicario. Like, he used to kill people for like 100 bucks. Like, for real. Just dead and gone. And Jesus meets him at church as he's drunk. He walks in drunk. He thinks he's meeting someone to get the next hit. You understand this? And they like, they like bamboozle him. Like, he's there now, and the pastor's there, and he gets radically saved, delivered from, out, from being drunk to sober. And we're sitting in a group, and I'm like, this is, I live for this. Oh, I'm like, uh, this is incredible. And then they're like praying, they're like, we're going to pray for the sick, and this is all new for them. I'm like, yes, let's pray for the sick. He's like, who has pain? I'm like, yes, let's do it. A guy raised his hand, he's like, my ankle's hurting. 
I broke it. It didn't set the right way. I'm like, yes, that sounds great. Perfect opportunity. And the guy's like, we're going to pray. You're going to get healed. I said, yes. And he's like, Gio, pray. And I'm like, oh. Like, bro, you were doing so great. <laughs> like, and this is just a reality of follow. So, like, what am I going to do? I'm getting down, and I'm like, Lord, if there's any sin in my life right now, you know, like, <laughs> it's such a vulnerable moment. True. And I'm, I'm, now I'm standing in front of 20 new Christians. I'm like, Jesus, this is on you. This is your reputation, bro. It's not me. Like, <laughs> and I put my hand, and the reality was I prayed for him, and his ankle started moving, and I'm like, can you stop the moving thing? <laughs> you know, like, you don't understand. If you've never done this, it's super tense. Stop the moving thing. He's like, I'm not moving. And like, literally, man, in my hand, his ankle started just, it was just readjusting. And he began to run, and I was just as shocked as everyone. <laughs> just as shocked as everyone else. But, but the reality is, loving people, it looks like something. Yeah. Yeah. And for a lot of us, our breakthrough is on the other side of risk. Yes. Yes. Like, well, I just never seen God do that before. Well, when was the last time you prayed for a sick person? Yeah. Come on. Can I just share something that I was talking to, to one of our pastors about this that kind of like startled me a little bit? There's something that's happened in the church. Oh, it's already 12. There's something that's happened in the church where we have become more accustomed to celebrating a healing than a salvation. Can we just, can we just cut at this real quick? Like, you remember a few weeks ago when my wife was sharing about a missional moment that Martha had and how her, her, her nephew got saved, and we were just like, oh, that's cool. Listen, I want you to realize that every time somebody says yes to Jesus, all of heaven has a party. I want you to, I'm thankful for the, for the ankle that grows. I'm thankful, but I, but I want to remind you that the greatest miracle is somebody coming out of darkness into light. And I want to say, yeah, this is good. Good. But this is important because if we don't learn to celebrate those moments, we'll stop having them. We got a harvest wall in the back, right? And we're believing. I was just sharing with Pastor Jeff today. We're believing that every name is going to be draw, crossed through. It started with my dad, and it'll end with the last name being crossed off. But if we don't learn to celebrate what he's doing, it's going to stop happening. So what am I saying? We're going to properly ascribe value to souls. And sometimes loving people's messy. You know Jesus prayed a prayer? Are you with me? I'm just sharing my heart. John 17, he prays his prayer, right? And again, Jesus, he's utterly different. Like, he's with his disciples, John 14. And it's like the last meal they're going to have together. And instead of, it wasn't a, like, let me teach you how to heal the sick. Jesus was the best sermon. He was, he was the best preacher there ever was. Ain't nobody got nothing on Jesus. He didn't give them a discourse on how to preach a sermon. The best storyteller there ever was, he didn't share it with them how to tell stories. In the midst of this supper, he modeled something for them by grabbing a towel. He took off his robe as rabbi. He grabbed the towel and he washed feet. And he's teaching us. He says, this, this is, oh, I want you to carry this on as long as we do this thing. He says that to them. And then in John 17, we, we get an invitation into a dialogue he's having with Father, with Abba. This is a prayer he's praying between him and God before he's going to depart. And he says something in there that is so powerful. He prays this. 
John 17, 20, I am praying that not only for, the, for these disciples, but for these that will ever believe in me. That's you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's praying for you right now in this prayer. I'm not just praying for these 12, 70, however many. I'm praying for everyone who will ever say yes to me. And this is what I'm praying for them. I pray that they will all be one. Say one. one. I pray that they will all be one just as me and you are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you, and that they may be in us so that, I want you to see that it's for a purpose, that we would have union with one another, and we would be in union with them so that the world will believe. You see this? What is Jesus praying? He's saying, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intertwine people saying yes to me by the way we love one another. The way we love one another and the way we respond in moments of, of difficulty and hurt, not with the people that it's easy to love, with the hard ones. John 17, we love to talk about it, but it is messy. John 17 requires us when we're offended to go to that person and make it right. John 17, listen, I know we live in a world, oh, a crew, a crew, a crew, but I want to remind you, Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It's utterly different than brand yourself, take up a platform, and gain followers. Utterly different. But in the midst of this invitation, the people who say yes to this will transform communities. Like, I don't want to take up my cross and follow him. Then you don't want to be like Jesus. <laughs> and one of my missions is, is to show you, like, as a leader, which I believe I've stopped thinking about abide as a church, and I'm just thinking about it as a company of people pursuing his heart. Yeah. I just really have. I, just, I believe it's a movement of people going after Jesus. And I believe we'll be in many communities. I really do. But I believe that if we don't get this right, like if, if, we, if we got so many people searching for a microphone, I'm gifted. I, I, nobody cares about your gift until you grab a towel. It's just, it's just like, it's just noise. The Bible says that, right? Without, without love, it's just a bunch of noise. But it, would, but it would look so different if people said, I forsake the microphone. I'm going to stay hidden, but I will wash feet. Yeah. Some of y'all are like, I ain't touching feet. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm really saying is that you, you make your life not about you. Yeah. You know how easy it is to serve Jesus when you owe nothing? The devil can't take anything away from me because I owe nothing. Some of you are like, no, no, no. I own a house. My name, yeah, Whatever. When you own nothing, it's not hard to give when he asks you for it. When, when, when like your mentality is everything I have, my life, my resources, my children, my wife, my it's all his. It's all, it would be crazy for me to say you can't have that because it's his. But when you really begin to know, and that's why I said one of, my, one of the things I'm passionate about is to show you that following Jesus is amazing. It's not hard. It's not painful. The only pain I have in my life is when I resist his will. And again, his will for my life is much better than my will for mine. Thank you, Boone. That's why you're an elder. Just for the affirmation. 
what am I saying? Let me break this down. I believe he's, I believe he's releasing the heart of Samuel into people. I really believe in the middle of the night, some of you are going to begin to feel this pull, this draw. Like, right, you're, going to, you're just going to feel it. You're just going to feel like this invitation to go into something deeper. And you're like, well, I, I just want to grow. Where's the growth track? Like, it's at 9 o'clock when he's going like this. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher. And he teaches us in secret places. So he's releasing that, but he's also releasing the people who understand who they are. They understand what they've been called to do. Oh, man, where do I land this? Let's land it here. 1 Samuel 17. There's a story. David is my favorite person in the Bible. He really is. Um, there's just something special about somebody who is called a man after God's heart. You know, there's just, there's just something unique about it. But, but one of the things you see in his life is that as he began to step into destiny, right? Like we see him anointed. We see him not be valued by his family, right? You remember they, they, the king, you understand, this would be like the president coming into your home, regardless of how you feel about him, and you don't get invited to the party. No. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll invite everybody, we're going to leave boot out. That hurts. In the midst of that, he becomes anointed king, and then he goes back out into a field yeah. with something deposited on the inside of him, knowing there's greatness, but here I am with the sheep. And so fast forward, there's this situation that is happening where this man named Goliath is, is, is he's proclaiming and like he's, he's terrorizing the people of God. And because David understood who he was, there was something on the inside of him that said, that's not okay. That's not like, and mind you, nobody around him saw in David what he saw in himself. Some of you just need to understand that it's okay for people not to understand what God has called you to do. Man, you've just got to learn. How do I know David knew? David hits a, 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 he hits a moment in, in John 1 Samuel 17 where he says, I'm going to fight him. And Saul says, okay, come on. And then he, he, he begins to put on Saul's armor, right? He puts on Saul's armor, which was probably the best armor out of anybody who had armor. It was the king's armor. He puts on this armor and something on the inside of him said, it doesn't fit. And I want you to, like, we read this story, but I want you to see, like, oh, hand me this bit. Judah wanted me to make sure you knew this was his, all right? I kept my promise. I'm a good dad. I left. He said, tell everybody it's mine. <laughs> kept my promise. He'll watch this 10 years from now. So he has on armor. And he's like, it doesn't work. And his grand plan, the Bible says, is he grabs a sling and his staff and says, okay, I'm ready. See how dumb this looks? Put it on the ship. <laughs> and I love this because I feel like it's a prophetic. You hear me saying about 20 prayer houses? You're like, that kid's crazy. Here I am. I'm here. I'm believing that God is going to do something significant through our body, through you, through you. Not through me, through you. I'm believing he wants to use you and your brokenness and your weakness, and you're like, but I don't have a lot. Join the club. Come on. And you know the story? He goes out and he speaks to Goliath. There's a sermon here, right? Because everybody was talking about what Goliath was saying, but he found one person who would speak to him. 
And the very thing that was supposed to kill him was the very thing he used to cut off the thing's head. Where's Stephen at? But that's what God's doing. You know why Stephen's not here today? Because he's out ministering at other bodies that he's been invited to. Because we believe we're an apostolic house. And that looks like sending people. So what am I saying? We're trying to build something different where people can come in and experience his presence, where they could experience family, where we give ourselves as a community to prayer, right? And we'll know we hit revival when what happens in here goes out there. We'll know it. We're never, you are never going to see our church put a slide that says revival with a date on it. On. Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. As long as I'm here, maybe somebody else. Because revival is not something we get to plan. It's when he can trust the people with what he's wanting to do. That's what it is. People are like, no, I am revival. No, you're not. No, you're not. Revival is a community of people fully committed to him moving in one direction influencing communities changing the world I want us to stand did you see what I was saying who did I don't need it I say this all the time I really only need a few I don't think you know I don't think you know we started here with like six people but here's here's a few things I know a few one, one, I'll, I'll tell you this Jesus will be known in our community. I have committed my life, I have committed my life to abide being a place where people say this about it, the Lord was there. The Lord is there. I believe he's raising up a Levitical people. You see what it says, Levite? We have taken this. We we believe this is our mandate. That there are lots of people, the Bible, there were people that they ministered unto people, but there were those that were the Levites, they ministered unto the Lord. And watch this. This is a great landing place. As, the, as things were distributed, as people were taking the land, you guys can come up, you don't gotta be scared. As people were taking territories out of the different tribes, they were given land. There was allotments, as they took territories, there was things given to the different tribes. But of the tribe of Levi, this is what was said of them. I'm going to read it so I can get it right. I actually wrote it down in here. Numbers 18, 20, the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. For why? For I am. Say he is. He is. Oh, y'all don't get it. You're going to get it. I am your portion and your inheritance. I've just, I'm only 31. But I've really come to this place in my life where I'm like, you could take all that. Yeah. You could take, you could take, you could take, the, you could take the fame, you can take the social status, you can take the money. We've given it all away twice already. The Lord knows all the way. But if I could have Him, <laughs> if I could have Him, I have everything. Like, well, what about people? I have nothing to give them if I don't have Him. It's just, it's just noise. But if I have him, the goal is that I become so one with him that when they encounter me, they see him. There's, 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 that's why there's beauty in surrender. That's why there's beauty in, in, in saying nothing is mine because then you become his. 
And when you're his, he can do anything through you. So this is what I want to do. I want to pray for us. I'm going to invite Prophetic Company to come up in a second. But I want us to pray together. And what I want to do is I want, us, I want you to ask the Lord. Oh. Lord, is there anything withheld? Where can I give to be a, a part of your narrative? This is his narrative. Abide is his narrative. said, you want me to stand on the lower step so I'm not taller than you? She has looked at me before and said, grow in Jesus' name. Not everything has to be so serious. God can, God, God can move, right? Okay. I want to pray over us. Father, I pray for every single person in this room. God, that you would give us the capacity to see ourselves in what you're doing. That's what I want to pray. That you would see yourself being used by God. That you would see yourself as a contributor, not a consumer. But Father, we're asking that you would move us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, God. That you, God, would begin to lead. Some of us, I just see, I see some of us, like we're writing our own story. And what I'm believing for is that you would release the pen and begin to let God write. Yeah. That you would begin to let God write. And God, I pray that you would allow trust to arise inside of hearts. God, over families, over families and siblings, mothers and daughters, God, that you would begin to build faith and trust on the inside of us, God. Because you said that you want a community transformed by your presence. You said, God, that there would be none that would not know you in a place where you are exalted. So, Father, I pray for hearts to be stirred, for spirits to be moved. I pray for divine shift in people who have made their lives about them. God, give them grace. Give them grace to be free. There's freedom. There's freedom from not being under that yoke of feeling like you're not doing enough or you don't have enough. You're not serving enough. God, free them from that. The frustration, and I feel that, the frustration. God, you have made loving you easy. Wow. We love you, Lord. God, free us. Free us from every bondage that is holding us back. And we say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. Oh, I, say, I feel the Lord. 
God, you want to do so much more. You, I, I really believe we're just getting started. But Father, we're believing for a region. We're believing for multiple communities. Father, I'm asking you for mothers and fathers who can shepherd sons and daughters. We need it. Ken, would you come up here, man? Come up here. I want to pray over you real quick. Ken, yep. Hey, you can get ready to come up, Marcus. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray over Ken. Would you guys just stretch? I saw something. I want to say it publicly because I think it's important. When, when I hugged you earlier, I really, I really had this, like this picture. And it was of, of the prodigal son but it was specifically of the moment where there was restoration. And this is not, this is not to embarrass you or anything because you're doing amazing with the Lord. But I just saw sandals, a robe, and a ring, man. And I saw him restoring, I see him restoring purity, restoring identity, and restoring covering. I just I just see it man like you you've come to the Lord and you feel like man I've done this and he's like shh sandals robe ring kill the fatted calf and I just restored I, I'm gonna, we're gonna pray could you stretch your hands Father we pray for restored I, you're doing it God you've been doing it but God, we want to publicly acknowledge what you're doing in his heart. And we want to say yes and amen. God, you have called him a mighty man of God, a man of valor, a man of strength. And God, I thank you that what I saw, it's just the beginning. And it's really the journey that we're all on. So Father, we ask for more. We ask that you would go deep, man, go deep in every heart and pull up every root. Nothing hidden, nothing unseen, nothing withheld, but a full surrendered heart that receives the love of a father. Agape love. Flood him. Flood him with your love. You are his portion. Man. Bro, he's going to use you. He's going to use you. He's going to use you. I believe today will mark you. I saw it. Father, do a deep work. Seal it. Man, if there's anyone else that's just struggling with the identity thing, would you just, maybe just slip up your hand right now and we just pray. I believe there's a grace for that right now. Father, for any person in the room that is struggling with who they are, that has been dealing with shame and condemnation and guilt, Father, we pray a fresh release of identity over them right now in Jesus' name. Father, that they would see themselves like the prodigal son, renewed identity, a fresh robe, and a ring on their finger. Would you release, God? Would you release fresh identity over them? Would you restore? Amen. Listen, prophetic company is going to come up. I want to make something clear. This is our new rhythm as a church. We're making space for you 
to partner in prayer if you have sickness, anything you need. So this is not a, hey, if your life is jacked up, come on up here. This is making room for ministry time as the body, what we did with Amy. So if you have any need, we just want to make room for that at the end. So we love you, bless you. I'm going to invite Prophetic Company up. You can go ahead, Marcus. Hey, if you, oh, I want to encourage you to stay for Foundations. If you call this home, if you're not serving anywhere, stay. We'll give you free food. We'll, we'll set up here in a little bit.